Imagine how it'd feel to go into labor, confident that it's going to be an incredible experience. Hey, I'm Steph, and this is the Original Design Podcast. Hello. Ah, this is awesome. Yay! Technology is amazing. This is so good. I love it. Thank you so much for inviting me on today. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. I'm so, I'm so happy to capture more stories. I've taken a little hiatus and we're back. So yes. it's really exciting. Yeah. Um, so um, let's start by you just sharing a little bit about your background and um, what brought you to, you know, this point in your life. Well, um, I did a degree before I became a midwife I did biomedical sciences because I actually wanted to pursue medicine Mm. and on the journey of biomed I discovered within myself I guess that I um, really valued being a lot more with people and a lot less with like um, sort of overseeing things and um, and I really just wanted to be on ground level one with with what was happening and and I had a, a passion even then for um, for working with women and mm-hmm. um, for sort of the obstetric area. And so I, I went through biomed and I finished that degree and then I got to the end and I thought, you know, I don't really want to pursue medicine. I want to do something different. I want to do something more, um, more holistic, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, um, and, and I had a bit of a problem at the time with, with how um, – how medicalized medicine was, which sounds redundant, but um, just you know how how easy we we give people um, pharmacological treatments versus dealing with maybe the root of problems, you know. Yes, absolutely. Um, and so I went down the stream of okay, I'm not really sure what I want to do, but um, my auntie was a midwife and she had said that she thought I'd be good at it, so I applied and I got in, and I sort of started that journey very unsure if it's what I wanted to do but about a month in I was already on placements and um and you know I'd seen the birth and I was like yep this is for me <laughs> and wow. I, knew, I knew that um it was you know it was it, it suited my personality very well it suited what I wanted to do very well um and I remember saying to God in that all I was like God like if it's not for, if it's not for me just you know I'll give myself a month here and then I can always go and do something different if it's not right. But, you know, yeah. here I am still a midwife. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then, so I did my degree and, and, um, and then I, I finished and I um, moved up to um, the far north of Queensland and I've been working as a midwife here for a bit. So, yeah. So amazing. So amazing. Wow. Wow. Um. So in this chat, I really want to um, kind of get into the guts of like, you know, what you think it looks like to give birth, you know, um, with with God and, um, you know, like how perfectly we've been designed and even into like what you think the future of birthing is. And so kind of talk through some of that, that juicy stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting because where I work, I work in a very tertiary setting. So um, we get a lot of the the very the labors that happen without a lot of intervention mm-hmm. would probably happen 
in the more rural settings, then we get a lot of the women who, who come through and they have some, you know, comorbidities and, um, and challenges and, and we get that started. So um, it's, it's interesting to have seen sort of a balance of, of people birthing without any intervention and then people needing intervention. And um, just backtracking, it's, I, I am becoming so passionate about why people are getting intervention and what becomes preventative for it. And I think yes. um, something that I've really um, tuned into is, is just that we actually are given these incredible bodies. The other day, I tell you, I was watching this woman who had been trying, you know, she'd been laboring for so long. And I just, I just applauded her stamina. Like I just, honestly, the amount of, of, she has such a great support system, which really helped. Um, and, and she, um, you know, she just did this an incredible job of connecting to her body and, um, and, and working with her, with the pains of contractions to, to progress through her labor and I was so impressed with her and I just had this moment where I was like gosh I wish I you know she she was very healthy um she was doing everything very right um moving really well and I was like well we've, I haven't seen this in such a long time because we've we've probably medicalized this a bit too much at least where I work um mm-hmm. as I said there's places where you know it's I'm sort of the with sort of the catchment for a lot of more of the high-risk ladies but mm-hmm. um but I just thought, you know, we've given we've been given these incredible bodies, but sometimes one of the biggest things that delay labor or delay the length of labor um, is like a baby's position. So something called an OP position, so an ox- mm. like a occipital position, is mm. the baby's head down, but their back is towards mum's back. Yeah. Um, now um, this is happening a lot more, and it's actually one of the biggest reasons is antenatally. Two things, two big things. Antenatally, um, women are, our lifestyle has sort of encouraged us to be in very relaxing positions. We sit back all the time. We're on couches. We're on chairs. We're always resting in backwards positions. And so the baby ends up hammocking in sort of a position that's to our back. Mm. Um, And we don't, and the other thing is like one of the things I've identified a lot is that we we don't really have a lot of... um, emphasis on antenatal care so something like that could easily be corrected if you you know say at 30 weeks you start noticing baby sitting in a backwards position you'd say to women hey let's let's start you know encouraging where you're leaning forward during the day and you're bending over desks during the day and um over your your countertop in the kitchen and things like that to to sort of try to um to maneuver baby into a position um throughout the antenatal time mm, so that yeah. when it comes to birthing it's actually just about bringing baby down yeah exactly exactly so there's like little things like that where we mm. go you know we I completely believe in the female's body but I think our lifestyle sometimes we've made to work against us in something that you know we've um that is uh, a very energy um demanding event and we sort of mm. need to conserve that energy. One of the biggest things that I see is women getting tired and, and it's, mm. they're working really hard um, and maybe sometimes too hard um, mm. where they could have with good, good antenatal care and, and, and correction and good lifestyle habits and mm. um, they could have maybe had a very different experience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, so in my... Um, 
in my birth workshop, one of the sections is all is called aligned. And it's literally all about how our body is perfectly designed for birth, but our modern lifestyle isn't. Yes, and absolutely. I think, I think that there's so much that we can do in pregnancy to, um, to prepare for birth. And it can be, you know, spiritually and mentally and emotionally, but also we can't disregard the physical. Um, yeah. And so I'm really yes. interested in that. And, mm-hmm. and I think what it does when we acknowledge that, it's not about like placing, you know, blame or shame if you had a longer birth or, or if it didn't work out because of your baby's position. It's just no. it's like it's actually it's the best news possible because it's empowering. It means that you can make a change and yes. you can actually design your life and you can you can prepare really well for birth and it can go really well. You know, it's like, it's a hopeful thing. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Why do you think, tell me just even just like a little spotlight on a few other little topics that you find uh, people get stuck with, stuck in and, you know, and, and how it might negatively affect their birth, but then how you think, Oh, this is totally preventable, you know, with, with lifestyle changes in pregnancy, you know? Yeah. Um, something you touched on before that psycho like mental aspect of it um, is I think the second massive thing in, in birth, honestly, I think the, your ability, I see women come in and and I, you, when they lose faith in their ability to do the, to, to labor, Mm. it honestly, like it all goes out the window at that point because no one else can do it for them. They have to believe they can do it. And I think that's one of our biggest roles as midwives being like, no, like I'm telling you, you're capable of this. You can do yeah. this. Like yeah. this is possible for you. Um, but, you know, women get to a point of, of fatigue and, and, and maybe pain or maybe they've, you know, they've tried a few pain relief options and they go, no, like I, I, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like I'm, I'm not coping. And there's, there's a part of me that, you know, that I wonder, Maybe we've, we're a bit comfortable in – there's two things to that. One, I think maybe we've got to be comfortable in this, this understanding of pain in our society um, in that, you know, pain, pain is actually a really good gift to us. If, you, if we didn't have pain, um, you know, we'd touch surfaces and we'd burn our hands and we'd, you know, we'd experience something and not know that something was happening to our body and we wouldn't be in tune to it. Yeah. I think pain is an opportunity to be in tune to your body. Um, and to say, okay, why is this happening and how can I address it without mm. necessarily treating it with something? Um, and like, I'm, that's sort of a, like a pre-labor concept. Uh, obviously in labor, it's beautiful that we have options for, for helping with, with pain relief. But um, I think people get to the stage and they're like, they, they're afraid of pain, you know, like they're like, they get to, to, to feeling contractions and they're like, no, like I don't want anything to do with this process. Um, and mm. then they, they're already backing out before they're starting. But I think yes. yeah. where that that mental training comes in, um, women who often do things like hypnobirthing or they just have really good um, um, like mental preparation and they come in and they have a system of dealing with that. I mean, like a breathing system or a system where they go, no, like this is they, – they've sort of spoken to themselves beforehand and said – like I, I will experience this, but it's okay. It's not harming me, and it's not harming my baby. Um, and it's de- it's how ha- just just designed to help deliver this baby, you know. Mm, and people who yes. sort of have that strong mental attitude going in, I think, are more prepared to say, 
like and I think that is another thing that people can prepare for in birth is beforehand almost doing little times where they're sitting down and if you know if they're a Christian that's even a more beautiful opportunity to go God like I'm I'm um you know well even as in spirituality I think there's there's a even next level to that where we go you know we we know that we've got access through Christ to um to even ask for him to 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 bring our bodies back to an original design you know like mm-hmm. like God help me help me to to go through this process in a way that you know where you've redeemed sin and pain and and, and you're making this like a uh even a spiritual experience for me but I think if you know without spirituality it just becomes like a meditative process where you go yes like I've I've come to this point where I believe that I'm possible, capable of doing these things, and and I can pursue birth, and I can pursue labor, and and um and I'm going to, it's going to work with me and not against me, and I'm going to have this baby, you know. And I think mm, yes, there's a strong yeah. mental attitude to enter with. I love that. I love that. It's like your, it's like a mindset that allows the process to be productive, um, you know, as it as it happens, and Absolutely. I. Th- because it like it does feel it feels different than anything that I've felt before you know like going through labor and I think that yeah as you say that that unfamiliarity that um that uncertainty is actually I think what can um create some angst in people and it's not so much the feeling itself it's the unfamiliarity of the feeling absolutely yeah the fear yeah Yeah. and I've I've even heard of like women just you know like getting preventative epidurals and just like stuff like that where it's like it's not even painful yet but like just in case it's painful and like I'm not obviously here to judge like people for their choices on whatever but I, I more just see the motive beneath that and I'm just like if you can learn to face things um, a bit more head on and actually just allow things to unfold, I think you would enjoy the process more and you would actually get more from it as well. Like, yes. um, Yeah. So why don't you tell me a little bit about like your favorite birth uh, birthing moment that you've, you've been part of, like, do you have one that comes, comes to mind? Absolutely. I feel like there's like a, a flutter of images in my head. My, yeah. my favorite ones are the unexpected ones. Yeah. Um, I've had a few stories. I'll tell you two. Okay. Um, awesome. Actually, both of them were, um, oh, no, 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 one already had a baby. So one was a what we call a gravita two para um, one. So she's had two pregnancies and one previous labor. Yeah. Um, so I just remember I, I came into the room and, and she was just sort of um, – she was just doing her thing, honestly. Like, she was just totally in her zone. Wow. And she was over the bed, just on the edge of the bed, um, and just rocking back and forth. And um, it didn't really seem like she was about to have a baby. Like, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I wasn't really prepared for it. <laughs> um, because usually what happens is, you know, people people escalate to sort of a, a grunting sound. They sort of, sort of bear down and they, they transition and, Sorry, when they usually go, give me the epidural. Why did you do this to me? Yeah, da, 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 da. You know, it's like, yeah, like the protesting stage. <laughs> yes. yeah. It's the last fight in them, you know. And yeah, then absolutely. Sort of going, oh, and bearing down. And, you know, and then we start seeing this, this baby progress downward. Um, yeah. But this woman was so quiet. And, like, you just would never have thought that she 
was about to have a baby. And so I remember going to like, so she was just on her all fours. And I remember going to check and, and I was like, but there's a lot of like, there's a bit of fluid coming out. And, and, um, and so she was sort of pushing down. And then suddenly I was like, so you see this like, um, line form on the back of people's like up just above their um bum crack yes and that's a a purple line yeah yes exactly and that's a key indicator that um the pelvis is opening up really well and and baby's sort of progressing down nicely has you know that was there and I was like okay like some good signs you know like maybe an hour or two Um, and then and then I just um you know and then she did start sort of bearing down with her body and so I was like oh okay this is interesting um, and so I went to check and I put my hand just so sort of under, um, near the vagina and I just touched and I could feel a little hair, like little hairs. Wow. And I'm like, oh, we're about to have a baby here. Okay. <laughs> wow. So this button, because you, you know, you always do. So there's two people at the birth, one for baby, one for mom, called the assist button. And then like uh, this woman just had like, just had this very, it was, it was, unex- it was one of those moments where, you know, you get very different kinds of laborers. Um, but she was definitely a quiet one and she just was sort of, I don't know, just, it was humps, baby. Yeah. It was very like, mm, it was like so soft. I, you just, if you were outside, you would not think this woman was having a baby in this room and, and this baby was born and I just passed her through her legs to her and she just sort of cuddled her baby and it was just so beautiful. It was incredible. Wow. Yeah. That's just beautiful isn't it that's just gorgeous wow I love that I love the control there's like so much so much power and control in in that even in the 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 quiet the stillness yeah Yeah. that's gorgeous wow okay and then what she was definitely in tune with herself and with the moment like she was like blocking everything out nothing else mattered to her like it was I think that was the powerful thing in that room at the time yeah it's like so she was so in her zone yeah um the other one was a so this one was a first time laborer, which is which is why it also was unexpected because look generally midwives we give it we we're a bit like when people come in for their first time we're like yeah yeah it's gonna take a while like don't yeah expect it, don't expect it to happen in two hours you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um this woman came in and, and we were just assessing her so she she was you know she was laboring and we're like yeah she's just early laborer she's doing really well. Um, contracting like you know maybe every three minutes she was contracting and she was a bit of a bigger girl and um and I remember um I remember (laughs) um she she transitioned to a point where I was like oh it's kind of like it's kind of odd that she's like ramping up so quickly like maybe maybe she's just not coping with the pain maybe it's a mental thing like I thought maybe like it was one of those anxieties of the pain thing yes I was like Oh, like you know, I was trying to get to a conversation. Where I was like, okay, well, um, you know, what can we do for you if, if this, if you're not coping with this? Because she was saying, which you hear a lot in labor, I'm not coping with this. Can somebody help me? I'm not coping with this. You hear that all the time, right? And um, she was sort of getting to that point, and I was like, oh, okay. Um, we haven't done like we didn't do a uh, oh no, we did do an examination like an hour before, I think, and she was like only like six centimeters or seven centimeters you know mm. and so we're like okay well you know stay here and do your, do your thing we weren't particularly like um you know worried that she's gonna have a baby and mm. then I remember she was on her side and she was um like leaning sort of in a lateral position and then I'm like okay well 
well, let me just have a look and I'll see what's happening. And then, you know, if, um, and maybe we'll talk about your pain relief options once we know what's going on. And so I remember just on her side and then she went and I didn't have gloves on or anything. So I definitely wasn't expecting a baby. Um, and so I remember her just like moving from her legs closed together on her side to opening her, like to t- sort of twisting her body and opening her legs at the same time. And as she opened her legs, this baby's hair just started coming through. <laughs> and I, with like no gloves on, because I just didn't oh. have time, just went to like block the baby's head because we do counter pressure to help it like come out slowly. So it's really gentle for the labia. Yeah. And I just like, it was, yeah, it was my first non glove <laughs> delivery experience. <laughs> oh my goodness wow and that's so funny and then I I just had to get her partner to go and press the button because I was like I there's no way I'm reaching this button so yeah I'm currently um yeah I'm currently very preoccupied engaged yeah (laughs) oh there's so many yeah like you start telling a story and there's so many that comes to mind that's yeah. amazing it's so beautiful wow um where do you think we've just probably only got like a few more minutes left but um tell me a bit about like if you were going to vision uh forward you know for like you know this current generation of women that are birthing um and you know even into the next generation like what do you see it looking like and how do you see it different to to the way that that lots of people currently give birth and what do you think are some learnings in that I I have a hope and I have like a there's two two parts of that answer yeah that we're at a time now where we can choose if we're all going to end up having cesarean section babies down the road or if we're actually going to start making a difference in and changing the way we prepare for birth so that we can all progress back to having un like unintervened births Mm. I think we're very much at a point where we're like either going to start giving up as a society or really pressing in. Um, and I really hope, my hope is, and something I'm becoming really passionate about, yeah. is that we start actually going, do you know what? The government and everyone needs to start supporting like really good preceptual care and antenatal care. I think if we get those two things down pat, we will see a massive return to um, unassisted vaginal deliveries and lower cesarean section rates mm. um but i think Amen. that's we, that's good news that's really yes, good news uh-huh. and i think that's so possible because mm. you know we still have the same bodies we're still um you know we're still as capable as ever before but i think we just have to we have to stop giving medicine the excuse to um to like do what we should be doing and that is taking control over our bodies and i mean that from like eating well, exercising well, um, getting our mindsets right, really investing into the, um, the work before we go to, to have a baby. And then, you know, and then the medicine is always there to support. And I think it always should be a supportive act to say, you know, every now and then there is a situation that is unavoidable and unpreventable. And then medicine's amazing. And it's amazing we have that as a secondary option. But I think sometimes women have become... I get. I see this really often when women just almost start accepting that that's their primary option, and I go, no, like you are your primary option, and you can do this. It's amazing. <laughs> you just have to believe that. And so yeah. that's my hope. My hope is that you know women like you, Steph, who are um, investing into this program that you're developing, 
it's women like you who are setting up a a hope for the next generation to have um, empowering births. And I hope there's a lot more of um, this kind of thing that's going to start happening. I know I definitely am, am going to start. Um, I'm getting really passionate about the antenatal period and, and I would love to see a maybe clinics pop around where we have antenatal physios and, you know, um, holistic medicine maybe and people who work on your your dietary and your physical side and, and your mental side and, and, and everyone working together to see these women have births that they're capable of and, and you know, deserve. So amazing. And what, like, what percentage of change do you think, like, just as a, as a rough estimation, like, what kind of change do you think we could see in, in the birth world if, if everyone had, like, government mandated and subsidized um, preconception and pregnancy care? What kind of, kinds of shifts do you think we could uh, see? I honestly think I, I, I'd be very, like, sure that that at least two-thirds of the births that currently end up in assisted or cesarean section births could be reversed because mm-hmm. a lot of them are to do with, um, like, poor health um, and people who are not fit to have babies, like, as in, like, they're not, they don't exercise, so they, they've, mm-hmm. got no, they've got no sustenance. Um, and so if we do, and, and the other thing is just even, even the rates of miscarriage, I think would decrease significantly because mm. preconceptual care is so massive. So yeah, no, I, that would be Matt, that would be a game changer if that was, if that happened. That would be, that would, wouldn't that just be so exciting, you know? It'd be so exciting. And, and I'm like, that's, yeah. that's what the Lord promises, you know, like he, like the blessing of children and like of good health and longevity and all these things I'm like that's so part of part of the kingdom of God and and of like what I believe we're designed to live within yeah and yes and all of us like I really feel like um that no one's excluded from that invitation you know like so true um, yeah I'd be so excited to see that oh my gosh that would be yeah for sure incredible um yeah is is there anything, as we're just finishing up, is there anything else that you just want to mention or share about, you know, yeah, what you're passionate about at the moment or any other little bits of encouragement for women that are listening that are pregnant? No, what I'd say is that, you know, we have, we've seen a lot of change in the last 50 years in the birthing space. And I think it's possible in the next 50, we'll see a massive change as well. Um, I, I think, Anyone who is pregnant should definitely do Steph's course, quick plug, because, you know, <laughs> here's a woman who's passionate about seeing you have a, you know, have a birth that you deserve it. And, um, and yeah, just believe in yourself. Really believe that you can do it. Believe that your body's capable and, and prepare in that way to, to labor. I think that's going to be your best, best strength. Mm, so good. That's amazing. Oh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. You're my Uh, first guest after a big, long break. So I'm just, I'm so excited. I really feel like you've framed some really big topics that we're going to just kind of like keep unpacking as I interview more women and um, about their personal birth stories and also get other guests on the podcast. So that's, 
That's so beautiful. Thank you oh, so amazing. much. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. much for having me. Oh, it's been beautiful. You yeah. too. Hope to see have you a beautiful in day. face-to-face sometime soon. I know. I Next time you're down. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. Okay, okay, bless you. We'll bye. Talk soon. Okay, bye. Bye.